everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Crime and Coffee Couple. My name's Allison. And my name's Mike. Hello, Mike. Hey, baby girl. How, How you doing? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Feeling good. I mean, uh, yesterday had a little snafu with my car, so that was that shook me up a little bit. You popped your tire. Yeah, yeah. Took a turn at night. Um, we live in a, uh, you know, suburban area, but, you know, some, some no street lights in the back of the, the subdivision. Well, not in the subdivision. Outside right outside the, sub- the subdivision. Yeah, yeah. Took a turn a little tight and, um, you know, had the, the sunroof down so I could, like, hear the outside and stuff and took it tight and I was like, boom. And I was like, eh, okay, well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> and then I started to hear, like, I'm like, uh, and I was taking, I was getting takeout because, um, you know, now my version of hunting and gathering, like the caveman days, is going out and getting takeout. So. Yeah, Mike's our food runner on Saturday night takeout night. Yeah, and we were talking about how the, all the husbands around here are kind of the same thing. Yeah, um, that's our new version of hunting and gathering. So good job to you guys that still hunt and stuff. My version of hunting is typing a little thing on the the phone and then putting food and then saying pick up and then I go get it. Well, this minutes. was a dangerous one because you popped your tire. You know, yeah. Lord knows what could have happened. Yeah. So anyways, it was kind of, I heard a psh, and then uh, I thought it was the bags rustling inside the car. And so I moved you, the bags. You hoped it was the bags. <laughs> I did. And I moved the bags. I'm like, that's not the sound. And all of a sudden, everything on the, <laughs> the dashboard's like, bing, bing, bing. Like, you know, low pressure. Watch out. Uh, warning, warning. I was like, ah, crap. So just pulled off. And I was literally, I, you know, I could probably walk to home within five, seven minutes. Yeah. You were literally right outside the subdivision. Yeah. Yeah. So I called you and said, um, oh, hey, babe, I uh, just want to let you know. I just popped a tire totally fine right outside the subdivision you came and got the food i fixed the tire and came back and uh, you guys didn't eat without me no we didn't want to eat without you no so thank you and then we watched the polar express yeah hot chocolate that's a good song in there i used to hate the polar express i did too yeah and and then it just grew on me yeah i don't know what maybe the the animation was kind of i think the animation was the problem and now i love it yeah even exactly. though it's like the 20 year old movie or 15 whatever it, it was is. 2004 so yeah so it's it's like i don't know just love it maybe having kids or something I, yeah I and it's know. a tradition we just make hot, like a really good homemade hot cocoa and by and really good you mean like pack on the pounds yeah well i have gained a couple pounds since you know thanksgiving yeah but check out youtube look at allison she's a little, little a, fuller. a little bit Pl- fluffier well you know it's getting colder outside so you need to pack on the pounds mm, a little bit. it was 80 something degrees yesterday so yeah. that's not the excuse yeah, well, but we did have a good thanksgiving we did yeah everything turned out delicious you were a huge help oh so i do appreciate you no major fights no none Be- between us that never oh happens. well my family you yeah. know they're batshit crazy so <laughs> there's always bickering happening yeah and your mom's a patron so Maybe she'll uh, isn't every family batshit crazy uh, well no i wouldn't say so the memes that i've been seeing going around about thanksgiving and really i follow a lot of different um things on instagram like therapy for women and blah 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 there's a lot to say about the holidays because there's the dynamics of families so i know my family is not the only batshit crazy one because yours is also batshit crazy they're not batshit crazy in their like, own way yes they are mine are like dog shit crazy like kind of like normal like you see dog shit on the road it's like okay well that's dog shit but if you saw a bat shitting you're like whoa 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 i gotta tell you this there was a bat in the middle of the road taking a shit and you know it would be a big story yeah it'd be kind of like that we all have our things don't we all all families are shit i guess is what we're trying to say Mm -mm. (laughs) 
That's not what we're saying at all. No, no, no. Just kidding. No, we had a good time all around, so it was good. Um, just definitely want to say, hey, thanks for all anybody leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Audible or any of those things. Uh, we'd like to read one out every uh, episode just to, I guess, you know, say thank you and and kind of you know um, get encouraged. Encourage, yeah, yes, because it really bit. does help us out. And like what Allison came up with was, hey, if you've listened to us three times and enjoyed it at all, then um, it's time to put out and go ahead and leave a review. Speaking of. Uh, I have this review. Just got the third episode memo. Love listening to these two and their pre-case banter. I've been binging well past three episodes, but just heard the message. It's time for me to put out. So thank you very much. We Wait. appreciate that you did. Anytime. Put out. Yeah, it's, it's appreciated all around. So so here you go. If you need a true crime podcast with just a touch of humor, never at the victim's expense, always at the perps, this is for you. The cases are well-researched and always delivered in a respectful way. Love listening. Thank you so much. Thank you. That, uh, we were beaming eye to, or ear to ear when, uh, when yeah. we were listening and reading that one. And, so thank you. And I also practice what I preach because I listen to podcasts all day long. I find new ones all the time. And I do have that. Sometimes it's not three. Maybe it's five. But I do take the time. Like I was on the treadmill a couple weeks ago. And I was like, oh, you know what? I've been listening a lot to this one. I'm going to go ahead and leave a review. Sometimes it's not three what? Um, sometimes oh, it's not three episodes. Yeah, yeah, it might well, be five episodes. It's a joke. It's just and, put it in and it's a five star review that I give. So yeah, that's yeah. what really helps us. It does. It does. And um, it, we've we've increased some downloads and all that stuff. So thank you very much. And um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, very much appreciated. Yeah. So thank you. Uh, anything else going on in your life? Um, I did try a non alcoholic champagne. Ooh, yeah. Uh, for Thanksgiving. So you know, again, you have to go in with the thought that you're not drinking alcohol. And I think both of the drinks that I mentioned, we mentioned a non-alcoholic Cabernet last week. It was like Ariel Cabernet. Um, this one was Shirley um, Champagne. Okay. So it's just festive when you're not drinking and you're used to it. If you've never touched alcohol in your life and you're not going to want a replacement. No, absolutely not. Because in my opinion, alcohol generally kind of sucks. Yeah. And honestly, this 100 day thing for me has been kind of a breeze and well, granted, we're only in like, I don't know, 35 <laughs> days or something. But regardless, I have not missed it. Yeah. Um, it's I'm just so much more mentally less anxious. Yeah. And just able to handle things. Does it mean that my life is a piece of cake and I don't like have little internal tantrums here and there? Oh, and, and external tantrums too. And external. Too. Yeah. Mike will attest Let's to that. Let's not forget those. It's just that I'm more equipped to handle the things that happen to me in life when I'm not having alcohol. Yeah, which is good. And uh, again, no judging for anybody. None. None alcohol. whatsoever. Go for it. In Thanksgiving's past, I would have had a probably a bottle of champagne while i was preparing food it was funny um your brother was like so how many bottles of champagne we have we only have four? Oh my god and it was be, it would be like well we'd have to have like eight you know just six, I seven mean, or eight just while to- you're cooking the turkey i'm those mimosas were flowing for me yeah, yeah and it's no coincidence that this thanksgiving meal was so much more like on track <laughs> you didn't and miss organized your, you didn't miss any of your bookmarks or anything no it was like okay i nailed it uh, the two o'clock mashed potatoes went in the three o'clock whatever went in yeah yeah, so absolutely zero judgment from me because normally I was the one drinking the champagne like water. Yeah, yeah. And if so that's it's just your better thing, for, for, it. for me. Sure. That's, that's all I'm saying. Right. So if you're looking for a replacement, because again, we're, we are in the holiday season, Shirley was a good champagne and Ariel was a good Cabernet. And did you get them both at Amazon? Uh, no. Oh, yes, I did. Okay. I did. Maybe we'll put the link in the show notes. Yeah, just, okay. you know, again, just something to think about. And the Cabernet, I want to stress, I didn't think it was bad. I just thought it tasted like grape juice. Um, so it wasn't 
I don't know. I don't know if you listened to that episode, but if you did, I yeah, it's a good replacement. It definitely smells like like a nice Cabernet. Yeah, for sure. I had my they mom try it because my you, mom doesn't drink either. Oh, okay, so and she was like, "Ooh, I'm cheating." I'm like, "You're like no, because you can't." Yeah, she used to drink, but she doesn't anymore. She had she had something health wise happen to her that she couldn't. Um, but she even thought she's like, wow, she's like, that smells just like Cabernet. Yeah. Yeah. So, so something to think about. Good stuff. Yeah. So if you're ready, so am I. I'm ready, baby girl. Let's do it. I'm always ready, Mike. So this is the story of the disappearance of Heather Elvis. On June of or in June of 2013, 20 year old Heather Elvis began an affair with Sidney Moore. He was 37. And not only that, because again, we're looking at almost two decades older, he was a married man with three children. Ah, that's tough. So in December of that same year, she disappeared, never to be seen again. So was it a coincidence? I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Hope so, so anyways. Heather was born on June 30th, 1993 in Carolina Forest, South Carolina. So this story takes place in South Carolina in 2013. She was the oldest daughter of the family to parents Terry and Debbie Elvis. She was described as talented, bubbly, and happy. She was a gorgeous young girl. She had her entire life ahead of her. What an awesome last name. I mean, nobody's going to forget your last never. name. Never. It's Elvis. It's easy yeah. like to spell and say, and you'll never forget it. kind of want to change our last name to Elvis. Yeah. I think you look like a Mike Elvis. <laughs> hey, I'm Mike Elvis. Like, uh, just like the singer. Like, <laughs> whoa. Like, like I, nobody will forget Mike Elvis. They're like, I think your last name was Pernacki the last time you introduced that's, yourself. That's actually yeah. a pretty good last name, too. It's a different one. When I first met you, we worked at a bagel shop together, if you haven't heard that story. And I remember somebody was referring to you, and I didn't know your last name. And they're like, oh, Mike Pernacki. I go, who the hell is Mike Pernacki? <laughs> Are you making that up? And I said out loud, what a weird last name. Yeah, okay, shoot. In a million years did I ever think my last name was going to be Pernacki. Anyways. Never. But I digress. So, again, she was very, you know, just lively, bubbly. She was artistic and independent. She was said to be a bit of a rebel who made decisions on her own terms. She didn't necessarily worry about what other people thought about her, which I think is great, especially in this day and age when we're just like slammed with social media and everyone's opinions and also people's comments on your social media posts can really pull you down. As a human, that's natural. Mm-hmm. And we do our best, whatever, as parents to try to raise the kids to just say, don't. Who, who cares what other people think? My big thing for our son is like dancing. I want you to be able to dance without caring what other people think. You know? And I think that's a big problem for most men is a lot of men don't like to dance. They, I don't know if it's because they just don't like to dance or it's because they're worried they're going to look stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, women... I more power to you guys like you guys just like to get on the dance floor a lot of times just whatever do whatever feels good and you know that i think that's something a lot of men can learn but yeah just to be able to do something and not worry about other people's thing what they think is fantastic everyone is going to have an opinion and if you just live your life based on other people's opinions it's probably going to be not as happy as it could be yeah much easier said than done it really is and as an adult i still struggle with that so heather often shared her thoughts interests and feelings on social media she had a stable job she came from a good family and it seemed like her life was on track at this time her family didn't realize that she was hiding a secret and they wouldn't discover it until it was too late until she went missing so around um the time the that whole she, cheating thing yes okay. yeah they knew nothing of that i didn't know if there's something else Mm-mm. 
Around the time that she graduated from St. James High School in Murals Inlet in 2011, she had been itching to move out of her family's home. And at this time, you know, she's only 18 years old. So it's not like, you know, she's edging on 25, 30 and it's like, oh, it's time to get out. No, she was still a teenager at this time. This wasn't the 1950s where it was nice and easy to get out, like more recent, which is, yeah, a lot more expensive. Exactly. So she wanted to be out on her own and be, you know, moving towards adulthood. And her family was supportive of this decision she ended up finding an apartment in myrtle beach only a couple miles from the beach which i mean that sounds pretty amazing to me yeah in order to pay for her rent she got a job as a hostess at the tilted kilt which if you're not familiar and we did have one near where we moved from in illinois um i think it actually started in florida Oh, did it? I think. Okay. So I've never personally been to one. I've heard of it. But if you haven't heard of it, it's a Scottish-themed restaurant or sports bar. The girls are, you know, kind of dressed revealing. It's like Hooters, like a Scottish Hooters, Yeah, basically. exactly. That's what I was going to say oh, in sorry. reference. No, it's okay. It's just, you know, it's very sexy attire, which, of course, is going to draw your some of your patrons. Um, it's she also in addition to working at the tilted kilt she had a job at the house of blues and in addition to working two jobs she was also studying cosmetology okay and this is and you know just being um kind of judgmental i guess not judgmental um whatever uh, so i somebody that is a waitress that worked also works for the house of blues probably a bar type of thing and mm-hmm. cosmetology she was probably like very much a people person like i'll talk to a lot of different people like to stay out mm-hmm. and late and do things and, and like yeah just party i would imagine because anytime you're like a, a restaurant person i've never been a restaurant uh, you know worked at a restaurant but it's a lot of times like after you're done working for the night you know it's midnight and it's like ah let's go do something <laughs> so probably more like 2 a.m 2 a.m and you're all just like ah let's let's like hang out and you're hanging out all day long so it's like a close knit group of people yeah you're together and normally it's a younger industry because 40 something year olds don't want to be out until 2 a.m no kidding and i don't want to speak for anyone but this gal likes to be in pajamas by 8 p.m 8 p.m is your time to go to sleep (laughs) exactly so and you know like you said the restaurant industry is very social as is cosmetology absolutely all those go together obviously she's a very social girl so in June of 2013, Heather met 37-year-old Sidney Moore. He was a, a Myrtle Beach native. He owned his own business. It was called Palmetto Maintenance and Cleaning Services. So the way that they came across each other was he was employed occasionally, if anything went wrong with the kitchen equipment at the Tilted Kilt, he would come and repair it. So that's when she took notice of him. So he's 37. She's... 20. 20. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. She turned 20 and right around the month that she met him. So she was literally just 20 years old. Man, half his age. Very big age difference. Mm. And in life experience differences, this is a 20-year-old girl who just moved out of her parents' home. We're talking about a guy who's married and has three children. That's a whole lifetime of experience that this girl does not have. Like your songs that you remember from your teenage years are her like throwback songs. Like, oh, yeah, the retro, uh, Nirvana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that old classic rock band. It's like, whoa. (laughs) I mean, classic rock that's awesome rock he could easily be her father yeah that's really what it comes down to so heather openly spoke about her preference for older men so it wasn't surprising that she did take notice of a man who was you know again nearly two decades older than her on july 10th she tweeted 
baby did a bad thing. And a minute later, a second tweet read, I'm in way too deep, but watch me get in deeper. So this is basically where we think things started to kind of happen. Um, a little bit before this, only a few days earlier, she basically, she had some racy tweets that she took notice of a guy who built things at her job and said something very like sexual about it. Like, boy, what I'd like to do with his stuff. Something like to that degree. Okay. Heather began to develop strong feelings towards Sydney, and the relationship grew. It started with flirtiness and quickly built from there. Of course, you know, this is a nearly 40-year-old man that's getting noticed by this gorgeous 20-year-old. You know, he quickly caught on to that and and went towards it versus away from it feels pretty good you know and i'm sure she's bubbly and fun and all that stuff and probably not what he was getting at home and if you like you say the only people that cheat are the ones that are unhappy usually you do not find a happy stable relationship where a person's cheating yeah you're missing something in your relationship not that i am condoning it i don't care what's going on in your relationship fix that shit don't go and have an affair with a 20-year-old girl. Commitments come first. Yeah. Especially when there's children involved. I mean, you got to put put your kids first. The relationship was described as not only sexual, but also romantic. So it was it was not just a booty call. There were feelings being developed here. Friends and coworkers from the Tilted Kilt said that the pair were very much in love, is what was said. Sydney would come by the Tilted Kilt when Heather was working and this was he was coming by not to fix things in the kitchen, but to bring her bagels and coffee. Making special trips. He even told a couple of his friends that he was considering hiring Heather to nanny his children. Oof. That's Mm-mm-mm. that's always uh you hear a lot of those, like yeah. nanny and yeah. Very bad idea. If we hired a nanny, she would not be good looking, I know that. <laughs> she would not look like Heather. No. Um, and they were not sly about what was happening here. It was very much you know, not trying to be hidden. Oh, right. Because, I mean, everybody knew he was married and whatever, at least at the Tilted Kilt. Yes. Heather's roommate and co-worker, Brianna Kulzer, said that everyone at work knew about the affair and made fun of Heather about it because they knew he was married. They knew he had a few kids. She said that Heather was made fun of a lot and she was called multiple names by the girls that we worked with. One day, two girls decided to call the Tilted Kilts and pretend to be Tammy, Sydney's wife. So, ironically, as the months went by and their their affair continued, Tammy Moore, Sydney's wife, actually did call Heather. Wow. So, she discovered the affair and called Heather in October of 2013 to confront her. Tammy told Heather that she was aware of the affair and that Sydney only considered her as nothing more than a booty call. She's like, okay, if you say so. <laughs> sure thing. Mm-hmm. This wasn't Sydney's first affair. Shocker, shocker. His wife had discovered another woman in the past and became very untrusting of her husband. I, in one interview that I saw briefly of Tammy, she indicated that she didn't give a flying hoot who he slept with because they had an open marriage. Um, watch your language first. And uh, Tammy said it sounded... <laughs> I said the H word hoot. So yeah. sorry. It sounded... So Tammy said she didn't care who Sydney slept yeah, with? Yeah. When Tammy was doing an interview, she said, we have an open marriage, okay. so I don't care who Sydney is sleeping with. Okay. Well, that's another thing. That's not our relationship, but... Whether or not that was true, maybe she was just trying to allude to the fact that she didn't care. Because certain things she does here tells me that she cares very much. Yeah. 
So Tammy was described as the more domineering person in their marriage. She told her husband where he was going to work, when he was going to work, and what he was going to do. Oof, that sounds terrible. It sounds like a personal hell. Yeah. Sydney was described as utterly submissive, as it usually would take, because if I told you where to go and what to do, you would give me a little piece of your mind and not just say, yes, dear. I would definitely give a hoot. You would give a hoot. Yeah. Mike, so, let's stop being so vulgar. I mean, it's not, it's, you know, if, if that's what you're into, that's fine. But you got to stand up for yourself at certain times. Yeah. You know? And, and you know, you can say, oh, well, she was overbearing. And that's why he chose to look for other people. Sometimes it, if it's too much, you got to have that conversation. It's a hard conversation and be like, listen, you, I feel like there's a lot of things that are, you know, you're, you're ruling in my life. I'd like to have more choices mm-hmm. and whatever. You know, have that conversation. If you're too much of a puss to do that, then. You're going to go to bed spot. So, or as we like say did. from Coraline, a wuss puss. A wuss puss. So yeah, I think in a happy marriage, there's going to be a lot of communication because when you're not openly communicating, that's where the resentment and the anger starts to build. And I know in our marriage, you know right away when I'm annoyed or pissed off because um, I tell times. you. Well, most times, yeah. <laughs> well, it's uh, sometimes it gets started as a, uh, whatever and this thing. And, yeah, it's you fine. Can pick up the it's signs. fine. You've been married 20 years. You pick those things exactly. up. Exactly. So... Um, apparently she allegedly forced Sydney to get her name tattooed on his body after she found out about the affair with Heather. (laughs) So when I say tattoo, I'm not talking about like a little tattoo. I am talking about her name across his entire abdomen. Well, she wanted uh, um, Heather to see that every time they were knocking the boots, probably. Mm-hmm. Ugh, or whoever else he uh, may have been knocking boots with. I'm sorry to say, I'm never going to get your name on my body anymore. I am never going to get your name on my body. I mean, not that you could see it through the, all the hair, but... We've been together for up, you know, coming up on 27 years, and I just feel like that's just the kiss of death. Yeah. I too many oppor- too many things you hear about where it went bad. Yeah. I just, I don't have any desire to have your name tattooed on me. My kids are tattooed on me because they're always going to be a part of me. Yeah, and who knows if Whereas I just act like I a might fool. kick you to the curb at any point in time. Exactly. I mean, it's definitely not going to be you. It's going to be me doing something stupid, <laughs> banging several chicks on my way to take and yeah. take out. You know. sure. That's, oh yeah, right. Your tire blew, huh? Uh-huh. I don't think that's the only thing that blew. Now we're talking. That's <laughs> exactly where my mind was going. <laughs> okay, Mike, let's reel it back in, okay? <laughs> so not only did she allegedly forced him to get her name tattooed across his abdomen. Allegedly. Allegedly. Well, it was there. Okay, got it. But that maybe he chose to do it. That that tattoo was definitely there. But she would also allegedly handcuff him to the bed at night. Like a dog being leashed. No, we're talking about a dog being leashed. (laughs) Man, this is not a good relationship. So at one point, Tammy called Heather and told her, point blank, you're going to end it with my husband. And at that point, she put Sydney on the phone and sat next to him as he spoke with Heather. So again, so he's totally being guided. Basically gun to his head. Exactly. That's exactly what, what the situation was. So as Tammy is sitting next to Sydney, he's telling Heather that you were nothing to me. You were just someone who spread their legs. And basically, he generally disparaged and tore her apart as a human being, yeah. which is really crappy because it takes two to tango. He knew 
what he was doing when he got into this fling or whatever it is. And he clearly had feelings for her. Yes. Based on, you know, all the nice things he did for her and everything. And of course, Heather was heartbroken, but, you know, she had no choice. She had to move on. Yeah. She's and I'm sure Sydney's going to come back and, you know, gravel back being like, I didn't mean any of it. You know, it was her making me say it. And, he's, and at the same time, I hope Heather has enough sense to just be like, uh, whatever. You said it. You're a wuss puss. Right. I'm getting, getting rid of you. Um, however, Tammy had password protected Sydney's phone, so it was basically unusable to him unless she was going to put the password in and be in the presence of any conversation he was going to have. He couldn't use his phone. And the stipulation being that we're not going to be together probably unless this happens. So he probably still wanted to be together with Tammy. So he's like, okay, yeah, go ahead and put a password on my phone. Could you imagine being so spineless to just have like your wife or your husband or whatever, have a password on your phone that you can't access? no like that is sick if that's happening to you right now that is definitely 100 percent wrong like don't try to talk yourself into that being right that is horrible that's well so you're being 100 percent controlled yeah and that's not a healthy relationship my other thing is i of course know your password on your phone but i will tell you the honest to god's truth i have never picked up your phone and gone through it no we were lucky enough we trust each other thank so. goodness because if i was doing that we would have other problems to face sure i i trust you and thankfully we have no reason not to trust each other so far so good so far so good so unlike heather who was trying to move on from this whole debacle tammy moore was not ready to move on And her roommate, Heather's roommate, basically described it. Her roommate, Brianna, said that once Tammy found out about this affair, it was like a bomb went off and just hell began for Heather. Just she was hell bent on making her life a living hell. Absolutely. So she continued to harass Heather via text. She was even sending photos and videos of her and Sydney having sex together. Right. Because she knew that would hurt Heather. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's just sick. It's like, get her out of your life, man. She's just done. So I think you can move on. Exactly. Of course, if you go to um, Tammy's Facebook page, it's like, oh, God is wonderful and this and that. It's like, hmm. That's tough. It's, that's why Facebook blows. It's, it's just fake. So fake. I gave Facebook up several years ago, and I'm not sorry I did. So she was relentless in her taunting. She called Heather from Sydney's phone nonstop. I mean, nonstop. The texts, the phone calls, they went on for hours and hours on end. She was posting disparaging comments on social media. Heather's manager at the Tilted Kilt, Jessica Cook, said that Heather was genuinely scared of Tammy Moore. Yeah, I mean, what is she capable of? Somebody that's so dedicated to making your life a living hell? And hateful. Yeah. So hateful. Tammy also tried to get Heather fired. She was calling the Tilted Kilt and basically telling them that unless you fire Heather, Sydney would no longer be repairing their equipment. Okay, we'll get another repair person. Find somebody else. Apparently, this did cause Heather to lose hours at the Tilted Kilts. Yeah. So, well, it's a, she's bringing problems, not necessarily. I mean, she, eh, whatever, whether it's her fault or not, it's associated with her. So, if she works less hours, you're going to have less problems. Exactly. With this particular person, Tammy. Right. So, the way that I see it, too is that Tammy is focusing her anger on the wrong person. Heather does not know Tammy. Heather does not know their children. She met Sydney at the Tilted Kilt. She had feelings for him, was attracted to him, slept with him. It is Sydney who, you know, 
turned his back on his family when he chose to go for Heather. Well, that's the problem with open relationships. There's always, you know, emotions involved and it's going to get a little more complicated. And um, now I, I, you know, I kind of can't 100% blame Tammy for being, you know, this uh, Heather went after this guy knowing that he was married with two kids. So they're both to blame. They're so 100% You can't say just go blame. after Sydney. I mean, Heather, you already did your thing with Heather. Uh, this is way too much. This is crazy, mm-hmm. obviously. Obviously, Tammy's batshit crazy. Yeah. Just going to go ahead and say that. But I would I would agree with yeah, that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say like Heather's completely yeah, yeah, scot-free. No, of course not. Okay. She knew what she was doing when yeah. she got into this relationship. So this went on for weeks. And then suddenly the texts and calls stopped. This was around the beginning of December. In the meantime, Jessica Cook, the manager at the Tilted Kilt, started to notice physical changes in Heather. And it wasn't just Jessica that noticed these physical changes in Heather. Her uniform size needed to increase. Her bra size went from an A cup to a C cup. Her skirt um, went from a medium to a large. And I'm sure what you're about to say is you can't, you have to kind of keep it together when you're part of your job is being physically attractive. <clears throat> no, it's oh. not that. The worry was that Heather was pregnant. Oh. Because it was a very rapid change oh, in her wow. physical appearance. Okay. So um, a lot of people, when they find out that they're pregnant, it's like one of the first telltale signs is like their breast size in- increases. I'm sure every listener was like, no, Mike, you <laughs> idiot. She was pregnant. <laughs> Uh, That certainly didn't happen to me. These A cups stayed A cups, but you know, that's just this gal. Although when you had the kid, they were filled filled with milk. Well, that's when I was breastfeeding. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, but in pregnancy, that never changed for me anyway. But um, apparently Heather had taken a pregnancy test at work and it came back with an error message. Hmm. So we will truly never know whether or not Heather was pregnant. Wow, I've never heard of that. I haven't either. Hmm. Um, it is possible, though, that, you know, maybe in in her stressful state dealing with this breakup with Sydney being harassed with his her, you know, the wife, that perhaps she did turn to food for comfort and just simply gained weight. Yeah, we can't say instead of going out with friends and doing stuff and whatever, just sitting at home and mm-hmm. you know, eating. Sure. Some people eat sure. for stress. Some people stop eating for stress. Everybody responds differently. But w- regardless, we're going to never know if Heather was truly pregnant. Okay. So, meanwhile, on November 19th, Sydney, Tammy, and their kids headed out on a three-week vacation in hopes of reconciling their marriage. They went on a road trip to California to go to Disneyland in their new black Ford F-150 that they had just purchased. They returned home from their trip on December 11th. Heather continued to move on, and on December 17th, 2013, she was going on her first official date since her relationship with Sydney ended. So this was like a big deal. She was officially moving forward. So um, not to concentrate on things that don't matter, but I'm, I'm going to. So they were gone for like a month. They were gone for a while. They went to California when they were in the Carolinas. Mm-hmm, so all the way across country. Which a long drive. So were they in like a fifth wheel? Like just, or just in the F-150? It was a big Ford F-150. So, huh. you know, three kids could easily fit in the, it's the a hell back of a road cab. trip. It's a big road trip. But, wow. you know, road trips can be a lot of fun. Sure. Um, you're really forced to bond with your family yeah. because everyone can't just go their own separate ways. Right. And especially in a car, <laughs> not in an RV or something where you're stuck mm-hmm. right there. 
And of course, Sydney owns his own business, so he apparently had the luxury of taking a three-week trip. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And also having an F-150 uh, under his business's name, I'm sure. Maybe. I don't know. So at this time when Heather was going on her first date, which was December 17th, she was home alone because Brianna was down in Florida visiting her family for the Christmas break. So she and Steve Schiraldi headed out to drive around and look at Christmas lights. And during the date, Heather sent Brianna a text telling her that her date was teaching her how to drive a manual car. I guess that was something she always wanted to learn. So she's somewhere between 9 and 10 p.m. that night. Terry Elvis, Heather's dad, got a text with a picture from Heather. She was driving the stick shift truck saying, look at me, I'm a pro. Apparently, Heather had always, like I said, wanted to learn to drive stick shift. So that's a cute thing for a first date. You know, you're yeah. kind of bonding. It's very over. interacting. It's, mm-hmm. you know, you get to see how the person teaches you if they're patient. And exactly. all that. that's actually a fantastic first date. I thought so, too. And little did Terry, Heather's dad, realize that this was going to be the last picture he would ever see of her daughter, oh. which is just terrible. So Steve dropped Heather off at around 1.15 a.m. Now we're moving on to the early morning hours of December 18th. The two made plans to see each other again. Apparently, it was a good date. During that same time, surveillance video showed Sidney Moore walking around Walmart at 1.19 a.m. He was purchasing a pregnancy test. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. At 1.35 a.m., he called Heather from a payphone, and their conversation lasted five minutes. At 1.44 a.m., Brianna got an emotional phone call from Heather. She was crying, and she told Brianna that Sydney had called her and told her that he had left Tammy and wanted to see her. Brianna said she told Heather, do not ruin it. Don't throw away how far you've come in the past month or so for him. Yeah, I mean, you know that Tammy's (laughs) going to get her talents after you. Exactly. You've you've just went on a nice date and everything. Like, let's let the past be the past. Keep moving forward. This will not end well because if Tammy made your life a living hell after you had ended the affair, what is going to happen when you pick back up? It's it's going to be hell on earth. It is not worth marrying the Sydney guy if they went to that. Like, Mm because, you know, Tammy's going to come after you your whole life. And then, you know, he's got children, so they will always be connected. So Heather told her that she felt that the decision was very hard, that she was confused about what she should do. She told Brianna that she was going to play on the computer and then head to bed to sleep on it. She told Brianna that she would talk, they would talk the next day, and they ended their conversation as they always did by saying, love you, and this was the last time Brianna ever spoke with Heather. Hmm. So rather than going to bed and or playing on the computer and then going to bed, Heather at 2.30 a.m. left her apartment and drove to Longbeard's Grill in Carolina Forest, where she stayed until approximately 3 a.m. She tried to call Sydney several times between 2.29 and 3.16 a.m. She called a final time at 3.19, and the two spoke for four minutes. Heather then drove to Peachtree Landing, which is a small rural boat landing in Sakasa. I'm sorry. I even practiced how to say this in my head, so I do apologize. Let's hear you butcher it. Sakasti, South Carolina. And I apologize if I said that incorrectly. She parked her car there at 3.38 a.m. Brianna described this area, which Peachtree Landing, as being in the middle of nowhere. It's very popular for boaters, kayakers, and things like that. But at 3.30 in the morning, no, it's a ghost town. I don't think many places are uh, very populated at 3.30 in the morning. No. 
At 3.41 a.m., surveillance footage from two cameras from further up the road from Peachtree Landing, it looked like it was at a private residence, um, showed what more than a black Ford F-150 heading toward the landing. Sydney's F-150. At the same time, all activity from Heather's phone just stopped. The truck could be seen then leaving Peachtree Landing, heading back in the direction of where the Moore's house would have been at 3.45 a.m., Horry County Police found that Sidney Moore was the only person who owned that truck and lived close to the landing. When his truck was searched, police discovered that the GPS had been disengaged the night of December 18th, which prevented police from reviewing the car's movements. Now, that is pretty smart. And incidentally, it was the only time the system had ever been disengaged. So, hey, well, I mean, that's part of the today's society, like all these smart cars, like you're, you can be tracked possibly wherever you're going, which sucks for privacy, but uh, is good for finding scumbags. Right. And if you aren't doing anything, you know, illegal yeah, that's or a criminal, whole other, that's a whole other uh, aspect. I'd like to have my privacy. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, then maybe get an old you're jalopy. Not, you are not truly free unless you have your privacy. Ditch your cell phone and get an old jalopy. Uh, Take that air tag out of your wallet. Yeah. And then you can go freely without totally anyone agree. watching you. Nice thing I can leave those in certain places. I can't leave my car. Uh-huh. Well, that's why I said get an old jalopy. Right. Like a 1970s car. I'm thinking like a 1980 um, uh, Cutlass Supreme okay. or something. Okay. So get a Cutlass Supreme. Yeah. And you, nobody's going to watch you. Okay. Okay. Until I stick that thing under your bumper. Get off your soapbox. Okay. Let's continue <laughs> the story. So video surveillance was obtained near the payphone that was used to call Heather. The security footage that was recovered showed a man walking up to the phone. And however, you couldn't definitively say that this was Sydney in the video because it was very grainy. Sure. It's nighttime. Mm-hmm. The next evening, police got a call that a car was parked oddly at Peachtree Landing. It had been abandoned at a lo- at the boat launch on the Waccamaw River. The car, which was a green Dodge Intrepid, belonged to Heather, but was registered to her father, Terry. After police got in contact with Terry, they took him to the location of the car with his spare keys. So they opened the car. They found receipts from earlier, but little else. The car was pretty messy. You know, this is a 20-year-old girl. Yeah, 20-year-old single gal. (laughs) Exactly. About town. So um, initially when, you know, he was approached by police, he thought maybe the car had been stolen and just abandoned. He said that until police started looking through her things, it didn't really hit him. Where is Heather? Right. So, you know, he's just like being thrown off thinking, okay, someone stole her car, but now he can't find his daughter. Right. So the car was found in good condition. There was air in the tires. The windows were intact. The doors were locked. Nothing looked suspicious. Nothing looked like there was a struggle or anything like that. Okay. So along with Heather, her car keys and purse and cell phone had also vanished. Terry and Debbie, the the parents, tried calling their daughter repeatedly, but only received her voicemail. They immediately knew that something was wrong since this was completely out of the ordinary. They appeared on the local news, pleading for their daughter's safe return. Because the car was found with no signs of distress, like I said, broken glass, blood, etc., the case was assigned as a missing persons rather than, you know, like a murder case. Right. So police began searching for Heather and piecing together her last known movements. Obviously, they started with her date that night, Steve. We know she was out with him, and he could have potentially been the last person to have seen her. Yeah. So he was spoken with, but quickly cleared. 
you know, had an alibi or mm, whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. Many people stepped up to volunteer to search for Heather, but after months, there was still no sign of her. When police questioned Sydney on December 20th, he claimed that he hadn't been in contact with Heather in at least two months. He even questioned if payphones still existed, because obviously they brought up the fact that she was called, you know, yeah. from a payphone. We see your car here, and then we see you're at a payphone, and, you know, she happened to get a call right around the same time. So police don't truly know that this is Sydney in the video because the image was so grainy, but they're, of course, going to lie. And yeah. They're like, Sydney, you can't lie about this because we have surveillance footage of you at this phone. He doesn't know the quality of the footage. Sure. So all of a sudden he backtrack he backtracks and admits to speaking with heather from the payphone he said he called her only to express that he wanted her to quit calling him he indicated that she was like leaving notes on his car and such and basically you know because why wouldn't you call somebody from a payphone at 3 30 in the morning it's not to illegal. say leave me alone it's not illegal but it all looks very suspicious sure And he had said that he and Tammy had been just running errands that night and that they had stopped at Walmart to buy the pregnancy test for Tammy to take. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, let's hang out, buddy. And let's take a... It's like the cops are like, you are so full of shit. Does that even make sense to you, buddy? Yeah. Why would you be buying your wife a pregnancy test at 119 in the morning? (laughs) With your ex, you know, I mean, while you're in contact with your your ex. You're actively calling her from a payphone. Yeah. After police obtained a search warrant for the Moore home, they discovered that the couple had installed a security system since they first went there to speak with Sydney on December 20th. Home security footage showed Sydney and Tammy washing their car after December 18th when Heather had disappeared. Mm. So there's nothing suspicious about washing your car. However, when they were done washing the car, they on the video, it showed them burning the rags that they had used to wash the car. Oh, uh-huh. man, don't do that on the vid- on the camera. Did you put the cameras there? <laughs> You're stupid. What a bunch of fucking idiots. So Jeez. on February 21st, 2014, Sydney and Tammy Moore were arrested. Despite a lack of a murder weapon, a body, or forensic evidence... It doesn't sound like they have anything. So they really don't have any solid, like, physical evidence. Yeah. So I mean, they're not going in the current state of what I hear. They're not going to do much time at all. Initially, they were charged with murder and kidnapping because of the lack of physical evidence. The murder charges were dropped. They posted $20,000 bail and awaited their kidnapping trials. Prosecutors began to build their case and try to find a motive. And this is when they were told by staff from the Tilted Kilt of Heather's possible pregnancy, that this would have been the motive to get rid of her because she could have been potentially pregnant with Sydney's child. Yeah, the, the, her boss and everything probably you know, let them know about the, the sizes and everything that were mm-hmm. going up. And, and huh. the fact that she did take a pregnancy oh, yeah, test. yeah, obviously. In June of 2016, so now this is two years later after they've been initially arrested, Sydney went to trial. After eight hours of deliberation over the course of two days, the jury was unable to reach a verdict, and Sydney's trial resulted in a mistrial, and he was scheduled for a retrial case at a later date, or a retrial at a later date, I should say. However, at that time, he was tried, well, I should say in August of 2017, he was charged with obstruction of justice because he lied to police about using that payphone. Man, they're really reaching here, huh? Mm-hmm. And, and with that charge, he actually 
was sentenced to 10 years in prison. Holy shit. Which is the maximum sentencing. That is nuts. Yeah. Wow. So they really wanted to get this. I mean, that's more than some people do for murder. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, I mean, okay. Don't get me wrong. Sydney definitely did something here. And I'm hopefully, hopefully you have more of the story. Don't tell me yet. Um, Tammy's definitely a psycho. And it seems definitely that this, you know, they had something to do with this. But at the same time, obstruction of justice, 10 years. That's. Yeah, because wow. he said, no, it wasn't me on the payphone. Oh, right. he is like, oh, you know what? You got me. It was me. Yeah. Wow. That's insane. Okay. So in October of 2018, Tammy went to trial um, for, for her charges of kidnapping and conspiracy to kidnap. She, unlike her husband, wasn't seen on surveillance at the payphone or at Walmart, which made it a more challenging trial. Like these lawyers going after this kind of don't, I don't know why they decided to go to court. What a waste of time. I don't know. Prosecutors took a much closer look at the Moore's phone records and found that in the time frame that Sydney ended his relationship with Heather and in the time that she went missing, the call logs proved that she had quite literally stalked Heather. So she definitely was very involved in in Heather. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense. But again, it's not illegal. So it's like, it's it's suspicious for sure. But you can't, you know, it's beyond a shadow of a doubt. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. So you don't have the smoking gun. I say that all the time. You don't have the things that you need to put this person away. And and the kidnap, I mean, yeah, she's not even on video. Like, as far as they know, she was just tracking her GPS. Like, that's not enough. Right. So prosecutors leaned into Tammy's characterization during the trial, showing that she was an extremely dominant controlling person, telling the story of how Tammy confiscated her husband's phone, forbade him from working at the tilted kilt, handcuffed him to the bed. They also brought up the tattoo that she forced her husband to get on his lower abdomen. I mean, look at this idiot. He's got a gigantic (laughs) tattoo of this woman on his lower abdomen. Apparently, they even brought in a witness, the more son's friend jacob melton in reference to the tattoo he heard tammy say if you wouldn't have messed with that girl this wouldn't be happening so the defense didn't argue the fact that sydney did have that tattoo they argued that he had gotten it long before he even met heather right they presented photos of the tattoo process during the trial i don't know okay so prosecutors brought in a forensic video analyst who testified that the ford f-150 seen on surveillance was indeed the truck that sydney and tammy owned we know that this truck was heading in the direction to the landing where heather was yeah. They also it. testified that their cell phones began to ping on towers near Heather after November 2nd, 2013, shortly after the breakup with Sydney. More incriminating, they showed pings on both of their phones on a cell tower close to the payphone that Sydney used to call Heather. So, after the state rested its case, the courtroom was shocked when Tammy Moore wanted to testify, which doesn't shock me. She seems well, like so a personality that would want to control. Yeah. So the night before she was set to testify, she had an interview with ABC News in violation of a court-imposed gag order, which was issued toward her. I had never heard of a gag order, but it means that she was not allowed to discuss the case in public. Mm-hmm. Yet she gets on ABC News and discusses. She's making her own rules. Mm-hmm. So she denied having any involvement in Heather's disappearance. She argued that the timeline that the prosecutors presented, and she said that she wanted to make sure that everything I did was accounted for, that it looked normal like any other day of my life. 
She said that the kidnapping was nothing she or her husband would ever do. She said she never had a speeding ticket and didn't even have sex until she was 18. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? like, lady, this has nothing to do with it. <laughs> okay. Psycho! She argued that she never forced her husband to get her name tattooed on his body, and she never handcuffed him to the bed. Bullshit. <laughs> she said that when she found out that he was having an affair, she was mad at Sydney, not at Heather. Well, the texts tell otherwise. Yeah, there's proof. Excuse me. During the interview, when she was asked if she was the dominant person in the relationship, she said no, because Sydney was the breadwinner. He was the one that was running the house. Mm-hmm. During the testimony, Tammy claimed that she had no idea who her husband was having an affair with and only found out when Heather called her to tell her who she was. That never happened, right? I don't think so. I mean, why would she? That doesn't make any sense. She did admit that when she was trying to find out who the affair involved, she did not go about it the right way. She said she kept her cool or they said that she kept her cool and seemed credible on the stand until she was cross-examined. And then, you know, she it took very, very little to rattle her and push her buttons. Yeah, because she's very emotional and very wants to control every situation. And if you throw her off where she doesn't feel like she's in control, then all of a sudden she's sinking. Mm-hmm. Which is awesome. I would have loved to see that. Tammy's text messages and social media activity solidified her whereabouts on the night that Heather went missing, but there was a gap in activity at the time that she actually disappeared. The jury deliberated for four hours, and Tammy was found guilty of conspiracy to kidnap and kidnapping and was sentenced to two terms of 30 years in prison to run concurrently. So I I don't understand the two 30-year terms. I don't either. Because they're running concurrently, so it's it's 30 years. So it's 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like either way, maybe. So it's like if you get a pardon or whatever it is for one charge, you're still in for 30 years. I don't know. And Heather's roommates, Heather's roommate Brianna was relieved about this, but also felt like it just wasn't enough of a punishment. Yeah, like I think with the, if I had to guess during the trial, they were basically like, uh, just so we're clear, like this isn't just for kidnapping. She murdered this lady, right. but you know, we, we can't, we don't have the evidence for no. it. So, you know, being a juror in that situation, if, if the prosecution does their job, I don't know if it's legal to do that, but you know, you put them in the mindset like, oh, oh she absolutely at the very least kidnapped. We, we'd like to get her for murder. They just, that, that they was burned the rags. completely off the, the table though. The idea that Heather was gone and dead was off the table. They yeah. couldn't discuss it. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So, man, oh, wow. I, I, hey, great job for getting the kidnapping. Yep. I mean, that's fantastic. Brianna had said, though, that the smile on Tammy's face made her realize that they will likely never, ever know what happened to Heather that night. And even in her mugshot, she's smiling. It's bizarre. I, I don't even know what she looks like, but she just seems like a total scum of the earth. She, seems, she looks evil to me. Tammy Moore's cousin, Donald DeMarino, De, De easy for me to say, he is a convicted criminal who had done time for burglary and drug charges, though he came forward to testify. He said that Sydney had shown him a picture of Heather from his cell phone. He said that the picture showed him that there, that Heather was clearly not alive when this picture was taken. Wow. Yes. What a dipshit. He said that there was blood and that she had scratches on her face. Now, this is Tammy's brother? Tammy's cousin. Cousin. Mm-hmm. And he said that Sydney showed him pictures of Heather. On his cell phone. she was clearly not alive. She was clearly deceased in these pictures. Oh, wow. That's terrible. Yes. Okay. So, well, that's fantastic to try to get him. Hopefully, this goes somewhere. He was asked if he expected the Elvis family ever to see Heather again, and he clearly, blankly said no. 
Because the trial was for kidnapping versus murder, DeMarino was not allowed to speculate whether or not Heather was alive or dead. Again, oh, that wow. was taken off the table. It yeah. was not, they were not in court for murder charges. Because that's not the charge they brought up. No. That's why they couldn't bring it up. They which could not. Makes sense. I mean, that's just how it's supposed to go. During the trial, the prosecutor showed the jury a video from the Moore's home security system. Sidney was not only washing his truck, but burning the rags that he used afterwards. Other video footage from the surveillance system showed Tammy and her sister Ashley Kaysen searching the yard with mirrors. Ashley claimed that they were only pulling weeds at the time. What they were searching for, who knows? Was it like a piece of jewelry that Heather was wearing? I don't know. We'll never know. When Sydney was retried in September of 2019, the jury deliberated for two hours, and same as with Tammy, he was found guilty of kidnapping and conspiracy to kidnap. Again, just like Tammy, he was sentenced to two terms of 30 years in prison to run concurrently. Interesting. You'd almost think that the jurors like heard about the previous one, but even though they're not supposed to have. Right. Like they got the exact same. Yeah. They're like, uh, just so you know, I mean, we can just copy and paste. Copy and uh, paste. Put everything right here. The Moores continued to claim that they had nothing to do with Heather's disappearance and her family and friends are no closer to knowing where she is or what Uh, happened to her. That was my next question. Has she ever been found? Never. Uh. A prosecutor for the case believes that one of the two will at some point come forward with the truth during their time in prison, hoping that when their appeals are denied, that they will break and confess what happened to her. It's going to be Tammy. She's going to want to be on a TV thing like this idiot casey anthony she can rot in god too. please don't watch that don't share it don't talk about it on social media i know i'm talking about it now i'm sorry i know but the fact that they're sharing it like on the today show why are they giving this child murder nbc should be like ashamed of themselves don't be given this a psychopath that killed her own daughter any airtime like obviously you're just reaching for viewers like go to fuck yourselves it's sick disgusting sorry anyways tammy's going to be the one to crack because she's going to want to get some notoriety from it and make a book and stuff and don't buy her book and whatever that's just ridiculous if that's the case though then she'll never get out of jail so i don't know that she'll ever crack yeah because right now she's in for 30 years tammy was in in her 40s at this time so she's gonna already be in prison until she's like 70 something good So Heather's family continues to memorialize her at Peachtree Landing each year on December 18th, the day she went missing. Morgan, Heather's sister, knows that at one point in time, Sydney was in love with her sister. She hopes that one day he will come forward so that their family can know the truth and put their daughter to rest, have some closure. They, I'm sure, know that their daughter is not with us any longer but just to know where is she where is her body yeah it's the least sydney can do i mean step up to the plate here buddy get some balls on yourself you haven't had balls in probably 20 30 years like enough of tammy rule in your life and just come out and say it so these people can like rest it's your fault like just admit to it and i i promise like sydney will feel better if he just gets it off his chest i mean he's gonna be rotting in prison either way yeah and at one point terry um heather's dad called sydney because again after heather disappeared this was the first time they had ever heard his name they're like who 
who is this? So she'd talk about it openly at work, but not at home. No, not at home. Yeah. Because I'm sure she knew her parents were not going to be supportive of that. No, nobody should be. You know, she's talking amongst her own peers at work. They're probably similarly aged or whatever. But um, Terry actually contacted Sydney and he's like, listen, I am a father. You are a father. Where is my daughter? And, you know, he got nowhere with that. He's like, I'm afraid of my wife. I can't do anything. But Terry Elvis, Heather's dad, does hold out hope that one day her, do- her his daughter will come through their front door. Deep down, he doesn't expect that it's actually going to happen, but he says that he will never give up. Yeah, that's sad. And it's just the tragic nature of these missing persons cases that, you know, you just don't get that closure and you don't get to recover your your child's body. Yeah. I mean, we we all kind of know what happened here. And it, it, yeah, it's 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 even worse. I mean, they're all bad. I can't but your say. brain spins in what happened what when she parked at Peachtree Landing. What happened when that truck pulled up and we saw the video of that truck leaving Peachtree Landing? What happened to Heather? Well, you don't what wanna, did they do to her? Yeah, you don't want to hear all that stuff. But it's sometimes just, you your your imagination can be a worse nightmare and it it spins in every different direction. Yeah. Did she hate us and did she want to change her personality and change her identity and yeah, No, I think th- they know that that didn't happen. Well, then like what else could possibly They know be? that their daughter, I'm sure they know their daughter was murdered by the yeah. hands of the Moors. Right. But they'd like to have that closure, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a very sad, unfortunate case. What a weird one, because there's really nothing to go on, yet both Tammy and Sydney are in prison for 30 years. Yeah, but they went to Peachtree Landing, where Heather was, yeah. at 341 in the morning right. on December oh, no. 18th. I'm not saying they shouldn't have. Please don't get me wrong in that scenario. But, I mean, pretty good for prosecutors to be able to get them. Thank That's, goodness. Yeah. I mean, how else could you possibly explain his truck going to the location where Heather was, Heather disappearing, and her car being left there? Clearly, they kidnapped her. I can't believe they're not coming out and saying something. I mean, they don't want to be in prison for for life, I guess. Exactly. Again, they only got 30 years. Uh, Sydney was around 39, 40-ish when this all trial happened. I mean, they're both going to be 70 plus and... Yeah, have no idea how to act in society. But will they have mercy on the Elvis family and give them the answers? Sure hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Well, thanks for bringing that one. Good uh, good yeah. detail and all that stuff. Sorry You're for welcome. Heather and her family. That's uh, it's unfortunate. It's tragic. Yeah. But um, hey, you know, if you guys have any case suggestions, you can always shoot us up on uh, Instagram, on Twitter, on any of those things. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're there. We want to say thank you so much to our patrons. Uh, without you guys, I don't know where we would be. I don't even want to know. Um, you're all very we'll be gorgeous. in the gutter without these people. Exactly. And I want to name you each. Colleen, Lily, Karen, Nadine, Allie, Michael, Kayla, Dominic, Brian, Shannon, Elizabeth, Mandy, Alana, Alana. I always look at her every email. single time. Well, I want to say it right because Alana. Her, her email makes it seem like Alana. So Alana, Vivian, Trisha, Lauren, Megan, Jamie, Chastity, Elizabeth. That's your mom. That's my mommy. Uh, um, Genevieve, Claire, Ann, Emily, Kathy, Ava, Jovi. That's my mom. Eileen, Misty, Rochelle, Destiny. Ellie and Sherry, thank you all so, so much. We really appreciate you. Can't say enough. And um, I, we had a friend ask if we make up some of these names because they're Michael and Allie and stuff. And uh, no, actually, we do have patrons. So thank yeah, you for th- thinking that. Thanks a lot, yeah, friend. You're, yeah, you're probably not even listening to it at this point. So no. Um, and your name's not on there, uh, which is interesting. So anyways, we'll have that chat, won't we? Oh, 
So it's good stuff. No, thank you all so much. We appreciate you. Hopefully, if you get some um, entertainment, well, not entertainment. I don't even know. I, I, we don't want to entertain you. We want to bring these stories to light. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, you learn more and can share these people's stories. All right. Until next time, thank you so much. And I uh, have, have, hope you had a great Thanksgiving and hopefully a great holiday season and uh, love each other. Right? Yep, that's right. Until, until next, next time. time. Bye. Bye.